today we're going to talk about victory over bitterness. Somebody say victory over bitterness. One more time, victory over bitterness. Many people that are sick today, and doctors have said this, many people that are sick, some of them cannot even be treated and it's not because the medication is not good, but because there's a bitterness, there's, there's issues, deep issues that people are dealing with. And because of that, we're not living a victorious living. We're not living a victorious living. Let me tell you a funny story. When I was growing up, I went through some years where I just had, a, I had some difficulty, okay? I was, a, I was a troublemaker. Any troublemakers here? Come on, don't leave me hanging. Don't leave. Any troublemakers here? Can you be honest? You got in trouble a few times, right? I, I went through those years where, man, I was just, I don't know what was happening to me. I just got in trouble. Can I tell you a few things that I did? One day I got those tacks, you know, those tacks that you use to put things on the, <laughs> on the wall. And I put those on my teacher's seat. And that woman, she was a little heavy set. She sat there. <clears throat> and uh, for a second, she was just thinking, what's going on? And then, ah! And for some reason, I just thought that was funny. And I got in trouble. I got in trouble at home. And I, I got in trouble in school. Come on. Some of you, some of you did some things. Don't, don't, don't look at me that way. But the other thing I did one time was that I grew up in church. So, uh, listen, I grew up in church. I told my father, I'm never going to pastor a church. That's for you. And man, he's laughing at me now. He's like, I told you. I knew. I knew you were going to pastor. But one day. My father was sitting in the front here, <laughs> like I do, and I was sitting on the second row of the seat, on the second row seat. And somehow I found this little thread, right? Those threads that women use to, uh, to sew, sweaters and all. For some reason, I decided to tie a knot on my father's leg. And I tied the other side of the thread to a chair, and it was one of those metal chairs that could move. I mean, this was me just bored in church, right? And so back in those days, the convener, we used to have an MC who used to introduce the preacher. And, and part of their job was to make a great introduction. Welcome the bishop, the father of the house. He's an incredible man of God. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. Welcome our bishop. And the bishop gets up and he's going to the front. And all of a sudden, you just see this chair following him. Bim, blim, 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 blim. She's following him all the way. <laughs> and I'm there. I'm dying laughing. Seriously. Two story. He looks at me. Bobby, he looks at me. He says, Zenzo, out of here. Get out. In front of the church. In front of the church. Get out of here. And I just I walk in the whole service. I sat outside, outside the church and I knew I was going to get it. And I got it when I got home. I got it really good. I got it so good. One of those things you, your dad is spanking and your mother has to come in and say, don't you think that's enough? Your, your mother comes in and says, okay, okay, okay. If you go on, you're going to fight with me now. That, it was one of those. It's one of those. But that chair followed him, man. It was funny. It was funny. My father turned 70 years old last year and I went home to honor the bishop. And somebody had the nerve of telling that story. <laughs> we love Zenzo. He's doing a great work in America. But we remember the days when Zenzo. Something was tied to him. Something was tied to him. I want you to know this. Bitterness will tie you to your past. 
bitterness will tie you to your past. And as long as you're tied to your past, you can never reach your future. You're chained. Thank God my, my dad could move, okay, because that chair could move. Now imagine if I had tied him to one of these chairs that can't move. He would have started walking and he would have fallen and couldn't have gone anywhere. I want you to know that the reason many Christians are not living a victorious living is not because Jesus is not strong enough. The reason most of us are not reaching our future and all that God has for us is not because the blood of Jesus is not strong enough. Some of us are tied to our past because of bitterness. And today, we're going to speak victory over bitterness in the name of Jesus. I came to untie you from the yoke of the enemy. Nothing, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Because today you're coming untied. And you're going to reach your future in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. You see, you are an eagle. But you need to stop hanging out with chicken. You cannot reach the things that eagles are designed to reach. When you still think like a chicken. You see, chickens... They, they, they eat on the ground and they walk like this. And, and then they try to fly and they fall all the time. They fall down all the time because, because they're too heavy. They're tied to the ground. But the eagles, they soar high in the sky. And some of us, we have the love of God inside of us. We've got vision. We've got greatness. But we're failing. We're like a chicken. Every time we take off, we come back down. We take off, we come, we come back down. We start this business, we come back down. An idea of a ministry, we come back down. And the reason is because something is tying us. But God wants you to soar like an eagle. You know, it's amazing. Eagles, when eagles make love, right? They make love in the air. Did you know that? They make love in the air. They make babies in the air. Let me say it that way. They make babies in the, in the air. See the religious faces. Look. They make babies. That, we can say that. They make babies in the air. They fly high. And then while they're falling, they make love. And then they come back from the ground. And they, they go high again. And they do it again. And then that's how they make love. And that's how they produce babies. I think God designed egos that way. Because God did not want those egos to be making love with chickens. And some of us are tied and married to a chicken mentality. And it's called the spirit of bitterness. But today we're going to fly high in the sky. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen and amen. Let's go to the Bible. Let's, book the, let's read the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Hebrews 12 verse 14. Now I know somebody here is saying. Ah, I'm, that whole bitterness issue. I've been in church a long time. I, I'm good. I don't really have any enemies. I don't just, just turn to your neighbor and tell them, just wait until he's done. Because there are levels of bitterness. Today, I'm going to teach you levels of bitterness. And I'm going to prove to you that all of us, at some point, we're going to struggle with this all the time. This is a lifelong battle. We're going to have to release people and walk this path all the time if we're going to soar high in the sky. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter roots. Somebody shout bitter roots. So that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. Somebody shout trouble. And defile many. Somebody say defile. And then let's read another scripture here. Actually, I'm just going to quote this. I'm going to tell you this story. 
is found in the book of Genesis chapter 27. And it's the story of Esau. And then we're going to read this, this story as well. I had, a, I had a guy that I knew at work that during lunchtime, this guy would always eat by himself. By himself all the time. And once in a while, I'd say, hey, man, why don't you come sit with us? And this guy would be like, I told you this story last time. He'd be like, no, man, I'm, I, I just do me. I, I don't need friends. I don't care for friends. It's just my wife and I and my two boys. I just, this is how I am. This is just, I don't need nobody. One day, somebody tapped me on my shoulder during lunchtime. And he said, hey, man, aren't you like a minister or something? There's somebody in the parking lot is having a meltdown. And, and, and aren't you like a minister or something? Can you go and help? It's amazing how people make fun of Christians, right? Until somebody's in trouble, right? And I like, I like to... <laughs> I like to really just, 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 just marinate that thing and just, and just almost provoke them sometimes. This guy said, hey, I want you to go outside. I said, well, you want me to go outside? He's like, yeah, yeah. Aren't you a minister or something? I was like, do you think I can help? He's like, yeah, we don't know anybody else who can help but you. I was like, okay, okay, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and then I went outside. And guess who was out there crying? Mr. Macho Man. He broke down. I've never seen a grown man have such a meltdown. I mean, it was such a meltdown. He was crying and talking at the same time. I can't believe it. I couldn't make sense of what he was saying, but he was crying and talking at the same time. And I just stood there. I didn't know what to do to this guy, man. I I mean, he's a big dude, macho man. What do you do to this guy? Rob him in the back? You know, he's going to knock you out. Give him a hug. I didn't know. I just stood there. And then somebody else who had been in jail for a long time and had seen grown men have meltdowns went there, gave this guy a big hug, smacked him in the back. And then the guy just wiped his tears, pumped his chest and just walked away. And I was surprised that everybody just walked away like nothing had happened. And then years later, I got some, I got some strength to ask him. I said, hey, bro. And you know when people don't even want you to talk to them, right? Hey, man, how you doing? What? What? Say, hey, I'm just saying hello. What's up? What's up? No conversation. I say, hey, man, the other day, what about the other day? He's, you know, he's, he's like, really just, he doesn't want me to talk any further. I said, the other day, man. I said, you were crying. He said, what? I said, you were crying. I said, what happened that day? And then, man, this, this, this guy started fuming. Man, that woman, my mother. She's a witch. She used to smack me and spank me and lock me up in the closet and do crazy. She's a witch. What kind of mother would do that? And I said, so what happened that day? And he says to me, my grandmother is the woman who really raised me. She was on our dying bed, on our sick bed. And that woman locked her up in our room, in the house and tossed the keys and left. And I was stuck. I didn't know what to do because his mother lives in the Caribbean and he was there. His sister calling him on the phone and saying, we don't know what to do. And he just, he broke down. He just broke down. And I say to him, I said, bro, you need to forgive your mother. He said, what? I mean, literally, like he's scaring me. What? So you need to forgive your mother. I say to him, listen, I know how you love your boys. The, mo- the moment I mentioned the boys, he, I got his attention. I know how you love your boys and your wife. And I had to say it in that order. I had to say his boys first, then his wife second. I know how you love your boys because I've heard him before say, you know, I love my boys. My wife, I love her too, but if she ever messes up. I'm, I'm done. He, I mean, he just had that kind of attitude. 
I said, I know how you love your boys, but I want you to know this, that your boys are not going to receive from you the things you say to them. They're going to receive from you the person that you are. And if it's that poison that's inside of you, that's exactly what they're going to drink. Now, fast forward, once in a while, he would bring his boys to church. I mean, to school. I mean, to work. He would bring them with him. And I remember every time he would go to say hi to those boys, they would just... They would just be looking at their phones or at their books. They didn't really want to have a conversation with anybody. He raised them that way. He told them, you can never trust people. Don't trust people. Don't make friends. Just do your own thing. Just, just, just do your own thing. And you could see those kids were uncomfortable with making friends. You know what happens? Bitterness. The root of bitterness produces a fruit. A bad fruit. The root of bitterness produces a bad tree with bad fruit. Say that with me. The root of bitterness produces a bad tree with bad fruit say that again the root of bitterness produces a bad tree bad fruit what was the fruit here the fruit was the fact that his friends his his kids were becoming just like him they were becoming relationally deficient relationally handicapped just like him because the bitterness that he had on his inside was going to his kids That's what the kids were getting. So I want to show you three things that bitterness does. Somebody shout three. First thing, bitterness deceives. Bitterness deceives. You see, the devil was bitter with God. And he he got kicked kicked out of heaven. And because of that, he started deceiving Adam and Eve. Bitterness deceives. When you're bitter with somebody, you'll see this happens. You start to believe a lie. People are talking to themselves. They're having a good time. You're thinking, they're talking about me. They're, they're discussing me. They're, they're saying bad things about me. This is, this is happening. This is going on. It's because bitterness deceives. Somebody say, bitterness deceives. I know people that are bitter with their wives, bitter with their friends, bitter with their parents, bitter with their kids. And they're thinking their wives are out to get them. Their husbands are out to get them. And there's nothing there. It's just the spirit of bitterness deceives. Number two. Bitterness brings trouble. Bitterness brings trouble. Once again, here's a scripture. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Let's read from 15 actually. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows to cause trouble. To cause trouble. Somebody say trouble. My friend was going through trouble. That bitterness will bring sickness and disease and confusion. People can't sleep in the night because, this, because they can't forgive their father, can't forgive their mother. There's something that's going on and it's troubling you because bitterness causes trouble. Number three, bitterness defiles. Bitterness defiles. Somebody say defiles. Once again, the Bible says, lest you fall out of grace to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness defiles. Bitterness defiles. I have... I have being able to have an, an opportunity to mentor some men who are going through pornography. It's a real issue now. I know when we say this in church, people start to blush a little bit. But it's a real issue. Statistics say that a lot of people are actually struggling with that. And a lot of the men that I've had the opportunity to, to talk to and try to help started looking at this stuff because they were bitter at somebody. There's, there's a bitterness that is connected to sin. Bitterness defiles. Somebody say bitterness defiles. There was a time that I was angry with my wife. Anybody has ever been angry with their wife here? I'm not talking about that usual anger. I, I started developing this bitterness. Listen, when I married my wife, 
I knew that she didn't know how to cook. Now, she's an excellent cook now, but she didn't know how to cook back when I married her. And I was like, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine. Until I got married, and as an African dude, I had no wife to cook for me. I started developing this, this bitterness deep within me. One time, we had visitors, and she gave them some rice, and that rice was crunchy like peanuts. Okay? And I got so embarrassed, literally, true story, I got so embarrassed, I took, I took the pot from, from the table, from the dining table, brought it back to the kitchen, put water in there, and put it back on there, and brought it back. And I didn't talk to my wife for a whole week. True story. And that bitterness just began to grow and to grow and to grow. And then I got myself, I just, I went through a season where all of a sudden, my prayer life, right? My prayer life and, and all, the, all the principles that I had were going out because bitterness defiles. Somebody say bitterness defiles. Now, I want to give you three forms of bitterness. I'm coming close to you. I'm coming close. We're going to get close today. Three forms of bitterness. Number one is bitterness with other people. Say other people. There are three forms of bitterness. Now, this is the form of bitterness that most of us know about. It's bitterness with other people. The story of Esau. Oh, it fascinates me. The story of Esau. Let's read the Bible. It's important to read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. Genesis chapter 27, verse 30. Genesis 27, verse 30. Oh my God. We're going to learn something good today. After Isaac finished blessing him, who are they talking about? Jacob. After, after Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had s- scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too had prepared tasty food and brought it to the father. Then he said to him, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you can bless me, so that you can give me your blessing. His father Isaac Isaac said to him, who are you? And he said, I am your son. He answered, uh, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then who who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. His brother had just come and stolen the blessing. Now, check this out. This is crazy. And Esau said, Your, and Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Oh my God, what a sad question. Daddy, haven't you reserved one blessing for me? Do you have something for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him Lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants and have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? What can I do for you? I've already blessed him. And what can I do for you? He was so upset. He was angry. I just told you the first kind, the first form of bitterness is bitterness with other people. Esau was bitter with who? Jacob. That's a good answer, but it's very incomplete. Esau was bitter with Jacob because obviously Jacob has stolen his birthright. But Esau was also bitter with mom. Because you have to remember, mom is the one who prepared the meal that Esau took to deceive his father. Mom did not do the thing, but she was an accomplice. 
And some of us may not be mad at the people that did the wrong thing to us, but some of us are upset with the people that were in the office when they were discussing about about you being fired. Even though they didn't make the decision, the fact that they were in that room just hurts you. You're you're not just upset with people who have done something bad. You're upset with people who are part of what happened. And you're saying to, to yourself, they could have done something to stop this. Okay, your mother... Was, was abusing you and your father was there and never said anything and you're upset with him as well because he never said anything. Your father was abusing you and mom was right there and she never said anything. So not only are you upset with your father, you're also bitter with mom because if she had said something, maybe she would have rescued you. There are layers of bitterness. Do you know who else Esau was upset with? He was also bitter with his father. Because he says, dad, do you have one more blessing? And dad says, no, I don't. I wish I could. Some of us are upset with people, not because they did something bad. We're upset with people just because they were not in a position to do anything for us. It's another layer. It's another layer of bitterness. I'm upset. Couldn't you do something? Couldn't, couldn't you do something? for? I don't have money. I can't bail you out. I can't do this for you. I can't, I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I could take your kids and, and bring them home and, and, and take care of them for you. But we don't have the money. We don't have this. And some of us are not only upset with people who did something bad to us. We're upset with the people that were accomplished. We're also upset with people who didn't have anything to do with it because they didn't have the power to help us. Second form of bitterness. Somebody shout number two. Now, the first one, most of us are very familiar with, but this second one, a lot of us, especially Christians, we're not very familiar with. A lot of people are bitter towards themselves. A lot of people are bitter towards themselves. Let's read Job chapter 10, verse 1. Job chapter 10, verse 1. My soul is weary of my life. I am tired of my life. That's what he's saying. I will leave my complaint to myself. I will speak in bitterness of my soul. He is mad at himself. He is bitter with himself. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of Christians that don't even know this, but you're bitter with yourself. You're angry at yourself. You see, Esau was not only angry and mad and upset and bitter with mom and dad and his brother Jacob. He was also bitter with himself. The Bible says... That Esau said, isn't he rightfully named Jacob? In other words, I should have known better. This guy is called a deceiver for a reason. And why did I allow him to deceive me? Why did I allow him to take advantage of me twice? How many people know when you allow somebody to take advantage of you over and over and over, you start blaming yourself? Why did I let my first husband treat me that way? Why did I allow him to beat me up? Over and over, I should have left. Why did I stay there and not leave? Why did I allow that boss to mistreat me and do that to me? Why did I stay? I should have, I should have left. You, you, you begin to, you begin to speak things to yourself, like Job says. You begin to accuse yourself. Anybody can relate to this? I can relate to this. One time, this is crazy. One time, I got fired on this job. I used to work this job. I used to take care of these mentally challenged kids in the nighttime. And uh, I went through a season where for some reason I just, I just was overwhelmed, tired. I was just losing it. I was just losing. I was sharing this story with Igor this week. I was just losing it. 
And my job was an overnight shift. So I went in at 11 o'clock in the night. And in the morning, I would get out. And my job was to take care of these kids, shower them and give them the medication and log the medication and all that kind of stuff. And then I'd have to wait for somebody to come so I can leave. One day, for some reason, I don't know what happened to me. I just got up and left. And I left these kids by themselves. I just forgot about it. I wasn't thinking. Anybody through something like, been through something like that? You just, it's as if you lost your mind. I just, I just left. I didn't even remember. And in the evening, they called me. They said, Zenzo, please don't come tonight. I said, well, don't come to work tonight. I said, what are you talking about? They said, who did you leave the kids with this morning? And I couldn't remember. I just couldn't remember. They said, we want you to come tomorrow and we have an appointment with you. We have to talk to you. So I went in the next day and they said, Zenzo, they didn't even waste time. I waited for an hour. I was praying, you know, good Christian. I'm praying. Father, help me, please. I need this job, God. I need this job. Okay, I need this job. Father, help me. And the lady came in there and she didn't even waste time. Zenzo, here are your papers. You're fired. Listen, I know how to beg. I know how to beg. I begged for my life. By the way, don't be ashamed to beg for your life. I begged. I said, lady, please let me talk. Just wait. Just wait. I said, let me talk to you for a second. Listen, I came from Africa <laughs> looking for a job. <laughs> I know how to beg, man. And I really need this job, okay? I support many villages in Africa. Okay, if you don't give me this job, many kids are going to die in the villages. I really need this job, please. I got a wife, I got kids, I, I really desperately need this job. And she stopped and she said to me, she said, if I was you, I would leave right now. I said, whoa. She said, what you did, we should not only fire you for what you did, you could go to jail. Leaving those kids is neglect in this country. I got up and I left. <laughs> I, I left. I, I left like an African. I was like, you tell me jail and I'm out, okay? <laughs> you say jail and I am out of here, okay? You can keep the job. I'll, I'll sleep under the bridge, but I'm not going to jail. Man, and I got fired. And I did exactly what job did here. I had a conversation with myself. I said, Zenzo, what kind of a fool are you? You come all the way from that country to mess things up like this. I mean, your father taught you better. Is this the best you can do? I said, you're, you're stupid. I said some really bad stuff to myself. And I disappointed myself. And I'll tell you, I just told you, the root of bitterness produces a bad tree with a bad fruit. The bad fruit that came out of this is that I lost my confidence. Your pastor lost confidence. I didn't trust myself. When people would give us opportunities, hey, who wants to do this? Who? I would say no. I would shy away because I was not confident in myself anymore. See, the devil knew that in the future I would be a visionary and I would start churches and I would do these meetings. So the devil was attacking my confidence with the spirit of bitterness towards myself. I lost my confidence completely and it affected me. Another time I was dating this girl. I was dating this girl. Please don't tell my wife. She's out there. Well, I was dating this girl. She knows this story anyway. 
I don't talk about anything my wife is not aware of. I was dating this girl, nice Christian girl. I really thought I was going to marry her. But for some reason, I just knew it at one moment. That, ah, no, no, God is saying no. I should have... I should have waited a little longer. If you're single, I encourage you to hang out in groups and not rush too quickly. And I just, I just jumped into this relationship and I knew out of integrity that I needed to get out of this relationship because I was not going to string this girl any longer when I knew what was in my heart. So I broke up with her and she didn't take it well. She didn't take it well. And I remember one day she followed me at the mall. She tracked me and she followed me at the mall. At the Faisalland Mall in New Hampshire. And I was in the food court and she was like, Zanzo! I was like, Jesus, Jehovah. That girl came. She fell down on the ground, touching my legs. Zenzo, please don't break up with me. I can't leave without you. I need you. I saw the pain on that girl. It broke my heart. And after that, bitterness. The root of bitterness will produce a bad tree with bad fruit. What happened after that is I lost my confidence in my ability to choose a wife. Years later, I would meet ladies, I would meet girls who, who were potentials. And I just, I just looked away. I just, I just, and I went through a season where I was stuck. I was lost. I lost my confidence in my decision making. I was completely lost because I was bitter with myself. The root of bitterness will produce a bad tree with a bad fruit. Some of us are bitter of ourselves. I, I should have known better. I should have done better. I, I, should, have, I, sh- I should have done better. I, I should have never dated that guy. If I didn't date that guy, I would have not gone through that, that abortion when I was 19. I, sh- I, should, I should have known better. My mother told me that this guy was not good. If it wasn't the case, I wouldn't have been divorced. I sh- Why didn't I listen to myself? Why did I trust this business partner and he's now cheated? He's, he's taken advantage of me. He's done stuff. Why did I do this? And you're bitter with yourself. And as long as you're bitter with yourself, the animal will choke you because you're you're tied up but you're coming out of that thing in the name of jesus today i want you to know that everybody makes mistakes and i want you to know that as far as the east from the west that god has forgiven you and you can forgive yourself in the name of jesus you don't need to hold yourself anymore god is not holding you to that thing god is not holding you to that accident if i if i had if i had driven the road the other side if i had gone to that to the other side maybe we would have had a, an accident maybe this would be maybe that would be here maybe maybe you're still struggling to forgive yourself over that accident that happened 20 years ago you need to forgive yourself you need to untie yourself you need to let yourself go you need to untie yourself somebody say let go Come on, shout it. Let go in the name of Jesus. I pray even right now that there are people in this room that need to let themselves go. That it's going to happen today in the name of Jesus. The last kind of forgiveness, the last kind of bitterness, the last form of bitterness. It's getting deeper now. It's bitterness towards God. Bitterness towards God. Somebody say bitterness towards God. Now watch this. Watch this. The Bible says that God blessed Jacob. God blessed the thief. Now, Adriel, it's crazy, man. If somebody has cheated, taken stuff from you, broke your heart, tell me something. And God blesses them? You, you've gotta, you're going to have some questions. If we can be honest, you're going to have some questions from, for God. 
God blessed Jacob so much when he decided to name his children. He named them after Jacob. Because Jacob was blessed. And then they changed his name from Jacob to what? To Israel. And now we have the nation of Israel. God named his people after a thief. The nerve of God blessing and naming all the people after a thief. Just just tell me how Esau had to have felt. And there are people in this place, you're angry at God. Because if God is sovereign, why did he allow the child to die? Why did he allow that mother to die? Why did he allow my father to go through this? Why did he allow me to go through that? If God is sovereign, if God is all powerful, if he's all that, why did he allow this to happen to me? Why did God not stop it? And you begin to have questions. And if we can be honest, we have some questions. Why did this happen? Why did that happen to me at five? Why did they do this to me? God, you were right there. You could have stopped it. I want you to know that God, even though God is sovereign, God also has given us the power of free will because he's a God of integrity. And because of free will, some people make bad choices. We live in a fallen world. And so even though God is sovereign, he's also an infinite God. We are like a drop in the ocean and God is like 10,000 oceans. We will never understand everything about God. We just need to let go and trust him. We need to lose ourselves, let go and just trust in God. There are people here that have questions. Why did you allow this? Why did you allow that to happen to me? Why did this happen to me? The word forgive in Greek is this word afiemi. The word afiemi simply means to let go to release somebody say release to release there are people here three forms of bitterness you need to release your friends you need to release that person who hurt you you need to release your mother you need to release your father you need to release those people but some of us you need to release yourself you need to forgive yourself for that thing that happened a long time ago you need to forgive yourself Oh, I shouldn't have married that person. I should have done the, I, I put myself in this situation. I want you to know that God is not holding on to you. And then lastly, some of us in this place, we, if we can be honest, we need to release God. And this is how we release God. God, you are infinite. I can't understand everything about you. So I'm just going to let go. And I'm just going to trust. Because you are perfect in all of your ways stand with me if you can you are perfect in all of your ways somebody say you're perfect come on say you're perfect in all of your ways forgive just release forgive release forgive because god is perfect because god is perfect every eye closed in this place every eye closed in this place